0: Can diuretics prevent heart failure? You are listening to ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to our series, Focus on the Heart on ReachMD. I am your host, Dr. Matthew Sorrentino from the University of Chicago. And with me today is Dr. Barry Davis. Dr. Davis is the Guy S. Parcell Chair in Public Health. He's the director of the Coordinating Center for Clinical Trials at the University of Texas School of Public Health in Houston, Texas. Dr. Davis and his colleagues recently published a paper in Circulation entitled Heart Failure with Preserved and Reduced Left Ventricular Ejection Fraction in the Allhat Trial. Dr. Davis, welcome to the program.
1: Thank you. Glad to be here.
0: I thought first we should just give a brief overview of what the Allhat Trial is, all HAT stands for antihypertensive and lipid lowering treatment to prevent heart attack trial. What was the general design and purpose of this trial?
1: Well, the general design and purpose was to see if any of the newer blood pressure drugs back in the early 90s were better than the standard blood pressure drug used at that time, which was a diuretic. And up to that point in time, there had been several new classes of drugs that had been developed. One was an alpha blocker, another was an ACE inhibitor, and another kind of drug was a calcium channel blocker. And all these drugs had been approved to lower blood pressure, but the key question was that would any of these drugs have additional benefits beyond lowering blood pressure? Or in other words, if you put patients on these drugs and they achieved equivalent blood pressure lowering, And if you followed them for several years, would there be any difference in the kinds of serious consequences you get from hypertension, such as heart attacks, heart failure, or stroke? So the trial was designed to compare these three newer drugs to the diuretic, try and achieve equivalent blood pressure over time, and then after a period of time, which in our case was about five years, see which drug did best at preventing heart attacks and strokes and heart failure.
0: So as I understand the trial, there were four groups. There was the active comparator group, that was the clorthalidone, the diuretic, and then there were three other groups. Uh, What were the agents that were used in the three other groups to compare against clorthalidone?
1: Well, the calcium channel blocker was represented by amlodipine, the ACE inhibitor was represented by lisinopril, and the alpha blocker was represented by doxazosin.
0: And I would expect that none of these groups achieved perfect blood pressure on a single agent. Were the individuals in the trial able to use agents from the other groups or they had to stay away from those agents?
1: The desire was to get people to stay away from those agents. The study actually provided additional agents that weren't represented by the four classes to try and control blood pressure. You're absolutely right in that there was a good number of people that required additional medication to achieve blood pressure control although there was about 30% that were able to achieve good blood pressure control on just one drug. So in the course of the study, if the blood pressure was not well controlled, they were allowed to go on additional agents.
0: Now part of your trial was called the Heart Failure Validation Study. Can you tell us a little bit about the purpose of this analysis of the All-Hat trial?
1: Well, the study was designed as a large, simple trial, which means that we need a lot of patients. The study had 42,000 patients. But we also wanted to make this trial done in in a real-world setting, out in the community, out in physicians' offices. And we wanted to make it simple so that a lot of information, detailed information, need not be collected. One of the criteria was in determining outcomes, such as heart failure or heart attacks or strokes. And we had established criteria for this, and doctors are supposed to follow the advice, but they would check a box as to whether these things happened, and they would provide us some documentation. Before all hat was done, it was known that ACE inhibitors were good at treating people with heart failure. Once they had established heart failure, ACE inhibitors were good at lowering the death rate. But before all hat, people weren't sure about necessarily which drugs might be good at preventing these outcomes of as I mentioned, heart failure, heart attack, and strokes. Well, it turned out in the course of all hat, it seemed that the diuretics were best at preventing heart failure, whether you compared it to the calcium channel block of the ACE inhibitor or the the Alpha Blocker. In fact the Alpha Blocker arm of the study was stopped early because of the higher heart failure rate. Well there were many people who looked at all had and thought that our criteria were not stringent enough for heart failure. So we undertook a heart failure validation study where we took all the heart failure cases and collected additional documentation on them and had it blinded to a panel of experts and they were able to go through and determine whether people had certain symptoms and signs. We then took all that information and ran it through an algorithm based upon our criteria for heart failure, but also on algorithms defined by the Framingham study for heart failure. And it turns out that the number of heart failure cases was reduced a little bit because there was probably some noise in the system, but the treatment differences that we noted between the drugs remained intact, whether we used what the physicians out in the community said, whether we used our criteria, whether we used the Framingham criteria. So the patterns remained exactly the same in that the diuretic was best at preventing heart failure and then perhaps the ACE inhibitor came next and they both beat out the calcium channel blocker and the alpha blocker.
0: One of the distinctions you made in the trial was between heart failure with preserved ejection fraction and heart failure with reduced ejection fraction. Was there a particular definition of ejection fraction that you used to divide this group?
1: Yes, we used a cut point of 50%. This concept of preserved and reduced ejection fraction has been around for a little while. A little bit older than that has been the concept of systolic heart failure versus diastolic heart failure. And the thinking nowadays is to not call it that, but to look at how well the heart pumps blood and to base it upon the ejection fraction. And this can be measured before one enters a study or at the time they have heart failure. But we use this cut point of 50%. It was sort of a consensus among a panel of experts who participated in other heart failure studies. Sometimes 40% is used, sometimes even 45%, but 50% seemed very reasonable.
0: If you are just joining us, you are listening to our series, Focus on the Heart, from ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. I am Dr. Matt Sorrentino, and I'm speaking with Dr. Barry Davis from Houston, Texas. We're talking about the All trial and the prevention of heart failure in that trial. Let's talk specifically about that group of patients who had preserved ejection fraction. Did these patients also have benefit from the chlorthalidone over the other agents used in the trial?
1: Oh, yes. In fact, this was a clear winner for people who have heart failure with preserved ejection fraction. The clorthalidone and diuretic beat out the other three groups with reductions in risk of, oh, I guess anywhere from 20 to 30%.
0: Was there a particular patient type that seemed to typify this patient with preserved ejection fraction and that got the benefit?
1: This is the case in our study, as in past studies. This condition of heart failure with preserved ejection fraction seems to be more prevalent among women than among men. I think in our study, it was on the order of over something like 56% were women with heart failure with preserved ejection fraction, whereas there's a much higher number for the reduced ejection fraction among men.
0: Now, in looking at the patients with reduced ejection fraction, did any of the other groups, the lisinopril, the ACE inhibitor, the calcium channel blocker, or the alpha blocker also show any benefit if your ejection fraction was reduced?
1: Yes. In the case of heart failure with reduced ejection fraction, the ACE inhibitor, lisinopril, and the the diuretic clofaldone seem to be equally good at preventing this kind of heart failure. They beat out the calcium channel blocker and the alpha blocker.
0: I recall when this study was first coming out and the alpha blocker arm was stopped prematurely, there was some thought that maybe the alpha blocker caused heart failure. Is there any way to tell from this trial if clorthalidone and lisinopril is actually preventing things, or is it that the other groups cause more heart failure? Can we tell that from this type of data?
1: No, that's a problem in an active control trial. It's a combination of one has no effect and the other's benefiting or the other one has no effect and the other one's harmful or it could be a combination of the two. Without a placebo arm, it's almost impossible to tell. One can look at other studies where there was placebo arms and try and guess. I mean, the closest thing was to, there was a study called the systolic hypertension, the elderly program, where it was just clothalidone against placebo and they didn't measure the ejection fractions, but the heart failure reduction rates were in the order of 50% compared to placebo. So it's still not quite clear whether there was a combination of benefit, harm, or either one alone.
0: It's interesting that in this trial and in the SHEP trial that you just mentioned, the systolic hypertension in the elderly program, that chlorthalidone was the thiazide diuretic that was chosen. It seems in clinical practice, we don't use that diuretic as much. Many of us use hydrochlorothiazide. Do you think this could be a class effect of all the thiazides, or is there something magical about chlorthaladone?
1: Well, there's been a lot of controversy since AllHead came out about this, and we, within AllHead, have tried to explore this in great detail. I mean, my feeling is is that there may be something special about chlorthaladone, but One of the problems is is clothaldone and hydrochlorothiazide are not equivalent in terms of their dosing. It's sort of about a two-to-one from all the literature we can see, in that if a person is on 12.5 milligrams of clothaldone, the equivalent dose would be 25 milligrams of hydrochlorothiazide, or if they're on 25 milligrams of clothaldone, they should be on 50 milligrams of hydrochlorothiazide and a lot of the treatment in the community with hydrochlorothiazide may not have gone up to the higher levels that we would have been equivalent to the levels that we used in these trials with clothaldone. One of the other problems is is that clothaldone is not as widely available, as you said, as hydrochlorothiazide. People are talking about doing further studies to try and compare them. If we look at the big trials where the proper dosing of hydrochlorothiazide and chlothaladone were used, they seem to have pretty equivalent results. Some of the newer trials haven't used sort of the equivalent doses for hydrochlorothiazide as one would use for chlothaladone.
0: One of the concerns I think a lot of people have had about this trial, could the diuretic just have been masking symptoms or preventing symptoms, but really had no impact on the heart. In other words, if we're preventing fluid retention, patients may not get breathless or may not have edema, so they may not get diagnosed with heart failure. Can we tell from this trial if the diuretic worked only because it kept patients more on the dehydrated side, or do you think there might be some direct cardiac effects, lowering filling pressures, for example, or changing remodeling, something like that?
1: Yeah, well, I have two things to say about that. People have always put up that argument. But the problem is is that in order to diagnose heart failure, you have to have those symptoms and signs. So if you use a drug that prevents those symptoms and signs, then how can you have the condition? So whether you call that masking or unmasking, you're not having the condition. If there was another definition of heart failure that didn't use symptoms and signs, then one could argue about that. The other thing is we have done further analyses. It's not in this paper. It's been presented and hope to get published soon. Looking at the people who had heart failure immediately after the study started to see what kind of medications they were on before the study started, what kind of medications they were randomized to when the study started, and to see if there's any interaction between the type of treatment they'd been on beforehand and the treatment they were assigned in terms of resulting in heart failure. And we didn't find anything. That doesn't mean that there still may not have been something, but we've looked a lot at this question and Nothing has really jumped out at us and say, oh, yeah, that is true. It doesn't seem to be the case that we can see.
0: So it seems that we have more data suggesting that diuretics should still remain first-line therapy for hypertension with this fairly robust finding that heart failure is prevented. Do you think this data supports that, that especially in our elderly female patients, we should be reaching for chlorthalidone before some of the newer agents?
1: Yes, I think that they should, and uh, we've always made the argument that a lot of people do need to be on two drugs, but at least one of the drugs should be a diuretic. In our study, and remember, all had had a very large population, and it was very diverse, and some of the results were very, very robust. It's very good at lowering blood pressure. It's very good at preventing heart failure compared to the others, and we have looked at this, as I said, along many criteria, not only what the investigators said in all hat, but using stricter criteria such as in Framingham, the same results held up. And it's also good at preventing strokes. So it would seem that diuretics have been used as a mainstay of therapy for probably 50 years, and they're still around, and they're still cheap, and they're still a very good treatment for high blood pressure.
0: Well, I want to thank Dr. Barry Davis, who has been our guest. We have been discussing the prevention of heart failure in the All-Hat trial, where the clorthalidone arm of the All-Hat trial seemed to be the winning drug in preventing heart failure, both in patients with preserved and reduced ejection fraction. I am Dr. Matt Sorrentino. You have been listening to our series Focus on the Heart from ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. Please visit our website at reachmd.com, which features our entire library through on-demand podcasts, or call us toll-free with your comments and suggestions at 888 thats 888 And thank you for listening.